ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Yeah, like many sleepless nights and I had lots and lots of tears and knowing the way things unfold, never saw that coming. It was like a Mike Tyson punch. That is netballer Imelda Aiken-George. Why was she in tears? Well, she's talking about the moment the team she helped to glory effectively cut her loose. At the end of last season, the new mum looked to be on the scrap heap. Now, when this season is decided, as the Swifts take on the Thunderbirds for the Super Netball title, much will hinge on the role she plays in the grand final. It's just one thread in a fixture dripping with storylines. We're going to dig into a few of those ahead of an enormous clash. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Brittany Carter writes on netball and other things for ABC Sport. Britt, help us understand the Romelda Aiken-George story. Let's go back to the conclusion of last season. She's one of the biggest names at the Queensland Firebirds, arguably in the competition. Why did she and that club split? So Romelda Aiken-George had sat out the 2022 season. She'd originally hoped to play it even just the first couple of games and reach the 200-game National Netball League milestone she was after in her 15th season of netball here in Australia. It's pretty crazy to think how long she's been here. Since 2008, she was really the OG of imports for netball in Australia and really paved the way for so many other Jamaicans to come here. Since another yet-to-miss Ramelda Aiken-George... 11 from 11. She'd won three premierships with that club. She'd been with them, as I said, previously for 14 seasons. She was very loyal. Heading into her 15th season, she was pregnant. The club knew about it and she had hoped to play a couple of games, reach that 200-game milestone and then sort of bow out for the rest of the season as she prepared for pregnancy. But she got a bout of COVID. She had some really bad morning sickness. And so five days before the 2022 season started, she pulled out. And instead, the club went with Danelle Wallum. And she went on to have a breakout year in her rookie season. At the end of the signing period, at the end of the 2022 season, when they were looking to firm up their roster for 2023, it became clear that they wanted to prioritise Wallum. And so... All they had to offer, Romelda Aiken-George, was a training partner contract and she didn't like that. She thought it was quite offensive given everything she'd been through with the club. For me, I was just like, nah, like, I think I've done my time at the Firebirds and they've been, like, really good to me, I'm not going to lie, but I was like, yeah, like, it's time for me to, to go. Let's go and explore what else is outside of my little box. And to know that she was sort of discarded and I think the line that she got from the Firebirds was it was too risky to sign her in the in the main 10 and so she took offence to that and they've since denied that you know her not making the top 10 had anything to do with her being pregnant but it just really played out in such a messy way and unfortunately it was a messy end to a great relationship between the Firebirds and Ramelda Aiken-George. So it appeared that her career was on incredibly unsteady ground at that point. What happened next to resurrect it? 
you're right. She's looking at a, a situation where she could potentially have to move elsewhere if she wants to keep her netball career going. And so she was given a lifeline by the Swifts when they called her and said, look, all we have for you at the moment is a training partner contract. They were looking to fill a hole as Samantha Wallace, their Trinidad and Tobago goal shooter, was still dealing with a knee injury that she sustained in round one of the 2022 season. So they offered Ramelda the same training partner commitment that the Firebirds had given her. But I think she was so offended by the whole thing in Queensland that she decided a fresh opportunity was the way she was going to go about it. I was like, I'm not going to be bitter about it. Like, I'm just going to be better and move on. So she headed to Sydney. She moved away from her husband um, and her family that she's established there. She's now a permanent resident here in Australia. And yeah, started off with the Swifts and it's been quite a successful move because as it happens, Samantha Wallace did such a good job on her knee that she hasn't been able to come back at all this season. And so midway through uh, 2023, the Swifts basically made Ramelda a permanent replacement. They have been so super supportive, like, from day one. Yeah, they've gone above and beyond to ensuring that every day that I rock up to training, that I am mentally ready, like, my body is physically ready. Just, like, having someone else, you know, tell you, like, we believe in you, you're not done yet, like... It like, okay, let's go. So how crucial will Aiken George be to deciding ultimately the outcome of this super netball season? Yeah, well, she has been a game changer for them because when Wallace went down in round one of 2022, they lost their holding shooter. And so Romelda Aiken George, she's extremely tall. Uh, she's come back into the fold and has been able to just give them that stability under the post. It also means that they've been able to ramp up the super shots that they can try and um, put up through Helen Houseby because they have someone right underneath that is the known best uh, offensive rebounder in the competition. Bear in mind, you know, she's in the later stages of her career. And so that experience inside the circle, you just can't buy heading to, I think, her fifth World Cup for Jamaica this year too. So it's been a great move for not only the Swifts, but also for Imelda Aiken George as they now look to contest for a grand final this weekend. It also feels like a story that would resonate, I think, with many women trying to re-enter the workforce after starting a family. Is it surprising to see this challenge in a female-dominated league? Uh, In some ways, yes, and unfortunately in some ways, no, because we have seen historically over time that netballers haven't always been given the best treatment in this area. We have certainly seen a surge in women coming back to play netball at the elite level and being supported to do that by their clubs because they brought in maternity leave and also uh, childcare for players in this era, which is now being going since 2017. Coming back from baby injury or whatever it is, like, you always sit in a space where, like, I wonder what they think of me or am I going to be welcomed? However, we've seen a real difference in the way some stars are treated compared to others that fall pregnant. So a Gretel Boetta, for example, at the same club, but the Queensland Firebirds, she received her maternity leave and then her spot was there ready for her to come back in 2022. 
Um, I'm sure, again, Gretel, who is now pregnant now and has set out the 2023 season, will be welcomed back with open arms for 2024 if she chooses to keep playing. You Then you have players like Romelda Ake and George who seem to have been given, you know, a bit of a raw deal there. Um, you've also got Anat Medhurst, who says she was sort of kept separate from the Collingwood Magpies group as she was trying to make her comeback from pregnancy. So there are mixed reports about how players have been treated in this area. And I think the good thing now is that they're not standing for it if they do get that mistreatment. They're using their voice to sort of advocate for themselves. So it is a changing area of the game. Looking back towards the grand final this weekend, and if Aiken George has been the Swifts star recruit, Adelaide's also found a star of their own this year. Who's been crucial for the Thunderbirds? Yeah, Eleanor Cardwell, her first season ever in Australia has been fantastic for the Thunderbirds. They've always been great in defence. Their problem has not been winning ball back, the Thunderbirds. The problem has been taking it in transition all the way to their goalpost and getting the goal through the hoop. So with the signing of a player like Cardwell, who is a mainstay in the Roses squad, she'll play a big part for them at the World Cup in just a month's time. They've just sorted out the issue that they had at the front end of the court. For me, it's no surprise that they now see themselves in a grand final with a recruitment like that, given how big a name she is. I think really this grand final is the battle of who is the buyer of the season. Is it Eleanor Cardwell or is it Romelda Aiken George? And I think the result of this decider will tell us who that is. But the grand final's in Melbourne this weekend with neither team based there. A, why is that? And B, what did you make of South Australia's late attempt to poach the event? Yes. So the reason it's being held in Melbourne is with the Visit Victoria sponsorship that happened with Nepal Australia late last year when the whole debacle around the Hancock prospecting sponsorship fell through with Gina Reinhart and Visit Victoria sort of came to Nepal's aid in that department, feeling that $15 million sponsorship uh, hole that had been left by Gina. So as a result of that, they then bought the grand final. It's actually the second year in a row that we will see the grand final bought and played based on which state really wanted it the most. It was in uh, West Australia last year. It was in Perth. And I think Nepal Australia was very lucky that actually the West Coast Fever made that grand final. So there was a team there that had some sort of home um, membership and fan base to go off. But we are now seeing a game with two neutral teams played at this venue and we are unsure how it is going to play out. I'm told that ticket sales are pretty good at this stage. We don't know if it will be a sellout or not. And as you mentioned too, uh, the South Australian state government did make a a late push to try and steal that grand final, knowing that their team was through for the first time in a decade. Unfortunately, the sponsorship and uh, the way that's played out means that it is going to be victorious. So it was just a last minute try to pull it across, but hasn't been successful. Nepo SA Stadium, there is a delay, another delay. This has got nothing to do with the court surface. We are delayed because there is a power outage.
They have a stadium that everyone has acknowledged is decades beyond where it needs to be. It's not up to scratch to hold professional netball. And we saw that in round two of this 2023 season when a match had to be abandoned at halftime because first there was a decal issue that meant that the game started an hour later than it was supposed to. And then there was a power outage and it just couldn't be fixed in the allocated time frame that a game needs to happen in. So I think that as well as a number of other things that have happened throughout this year just shows you that the home of the Thunderbirds is definitely lagging. And if they're going to be a club that's contending for a grand final this year, they deserve much better than that. Now, the state government hasn't been, I guess, as forthcoming for women's sport there with funding as it has for men's sport. And they only have a capacity there of 3,000 and um, their memberships are maxed out. There's this huge interest in membership there that they can't sell because they don't have the seats to, to fit all these people. But I think it's high time that they invest their money in women's sport there. On court, we're so excited this weekend for the New South Wales Swifts and the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Britt Carter, thanks so much for unpacking all the action. We're looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Headlines. England batsman Joe Root was asked about how he might have approached the whole Alex Carey, Johnny Bairstow stumping situation. This was his take. Personally, I try and put myself in that situation, that position, and I'd like to think I'd have dealt with it very differently. As a team, we want to play our cricket a certain way. Um, we want to leave a certain legacy and clearly uh, it's been very different how we've gone about cricket in the last 18 months. He did go on to say it's time to move on, which we are sure English cricket fans will. Reports from the UK press have indicated that England could rest Jimmy Anderson and Josh Tong, in all likelihood recalling Mark Wood, Chris Wokes and Moeen Ali. Ollie Pope is out with injury, with murmurs Harry Brook could move to the number three batting position. Today's tennis update is not really about tennis. First of all, Roger Federer is back at Wimbledon for the first time since retiring. He took his place in the Royal Box alongside Kate Middleton amid rapturous applause. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Royal Box, Roger Federer! We got a two-minute ovation, and it became clear that unless he sat down, they might just keep applauding. What kit was he wearing? I'm glad you asked. Oatmeal suit, purple and white striped shirt, polka dot tie. It was as sharp as it sounds. The other big kind of tennis news, Ash Buddy and her husband Gary Kissick have announced they've had a baby boy. His name is Hayden. All the feels. Joey Chestnut has claimed his 16th mustard belt in Massachusetts. What's that? It's the prize for the famous Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating contest. The champion eater took down 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Australia's James Webb took bronze with 47. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Declan Byrne. Thanks to Fox Sports and Wimbledon for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.